0: the data that banks have uh, and the stuff you can do with it is absolutely incredible. And we could pick the one person who spent the most on McDonald's in the whole of the UK (laughs) and single this person out. And I was like, man, I lied. That is, it was the trip frequency and the average spend was through the roof. We don't have that. (laughs) Just to be clear. We we aggregate our data and we certainly don't have people's names. (laughs) Welcome to Checks and Balances, brought to you by Partners Life. I'm Michael Vincent, this is James Blair, and today we've got Jared Kerr, Chief Economist at Kiwi Bank, back for his second podcast. It is WWJD, What Would Jared Do?
1: So Jared, welcome back. Yes, yeah. How do, you, how do you feel about the what? the intro? Yeah. W-W-J-D? Yeah, 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 yeah. Does that does that very come very often? Yeah, like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll stick with that. We'll, so, okay. last, make sure to go check out the previous episode we did we did with Jared, where especially we got a you know an understanding of where he thinks New Zealand is at the moment. What are the key factors moving forward? We're gonna go from quite macro to Jared focus <laughs> on what would Jared do based on the current environment. So, I've got a few questions to ask you. The first one is if you had a million dollars in cash, Jared, right now, what would you do with it? If you
2: gave me a million bucks right now, yeah. obviously I would say thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> I mean, it's,
1: it's the standard guest fee that uh, any checks and balances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, right. sure. I'll, be, I'll yeah. be back next Tuesday. Yeah. 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 G- George <laughs> the money. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I'd pay off my loan. Yeah, Seriously, paying off the mortgage is probably the best thing to do. And the way I think of it is I'm paying you know, 6 7% on a million dollar mortgage in order to to do something else I I need to earn you know so much more Mm. to take on that risk and then think of it in after tax terms you know it's a very big number you're chasing yeah and the amount of risk to get that sort of return it's just so much better just smashing the mortgage
0: getting that down to zero first
1: yeah well that's good to hear because that's what I tell clients to do Uh, (laughs) it's it's always good to get some (laughs) external validation because your boy needs that. Oh, to be honest, we spend most of the
0: time because everyone has like, should I buy gold? Should I do this? The what sh- about this? And we're like, yeah. please just pay them. It's not sexy advice. It's the sharesies yeah. accounts. Yeah. So yes. like,
1: Everybody's got a his account. And if you don't have a mortgage, then that's fine. But it's for all those people with, you know, sitting with a million dollars of debt and then chipping away some money because they want compounding returns, but then explaining to them, you know, you have to make ten percent <laughs> on your Sharesies portfolio, you take off one percent for fees, you're at nine, three percent for tax, you're at six, three percent for inflation, you're at three, your mortgage rate's sitting at seven, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you, in a nutshell. You'd pay off the mortgage if you didn't have the mortgage what else what else would you be doing
2: i i do love property for long term you know investment stable income yep. so you know probably take that that million and put it in an investment property the yield's not very good mm. you know the the rental yield's not not great but i think of you know owning that for 10 20 30 mm. years and then i die and then you know that asset just gets passed on mm. um, it's a very long long-term, you know, way of, of thinking about things. And then you've obviously got the capital gains uh, on top of that. And, you know, if you actually, uh, for those nerds out there, if you actually viewed an investment property as an annuity and said this is how much money it's giving me each year for the rest of my life and sort of discount that back, right. you'll you'll realise it's actually quite a large number and yep. it's greater than what you're paying for that investment property. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously
1: the ability to leverage as as well right Is if another
2: thing, right? Yep. So yeah. So if you decide to buy a one point five million dollar place, you've got a five hundred, you know, mortgage. Again, smashing that mortgage first. Mm. Um uh, but yeah for a you know, long-term investment, I think it's just why yeah. you know, Kiwis love it yeah. um, and the tax advantages there as well.
1: Yeah And what about like you look at the historical performance of property as an asset class, which you know a lot of boomers have done very well. Yeah. If you look going forward, do you think you know, those what five to seven percent is that realistic moving forward if you think about the key drivers of property prices?
2: Yeah, I mean what are we talking about? We're talking about population. Uh, we're a very attractive place. Uh, we've just imported a record number of, of migrants, 130,000 net in the last year. Will we continue to get 130? For Probably not. Yeah. There'll be, be waves, but it'll be positive. So we will have positive population growth for the rest of our lives. Uh, under most forecasts, UN, IMF, these sorts of forecasters, New Zealand's population never peaks. Now that's important. Because China's population has peaked. India's population doesn't peak until 2070. Yeah. But the growth of these countries that have the high population growth is simply more Mm -hmm. and more on your property.
1: That hurts my brain a little bit when you say New Zealand's population will never peak because world population... When is
2: Oh when I say never, yeah. not in the next in, you know, hundred yeah. years. Yeah. Of, okay. Of of you know, long But within serious that hundred
1: within that hundred years, the world population is that forecast to peak? Am I yes. making yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But those like places like New Zealand, which we mentioned in the previous episode, Kiwis probably take for granted how desirable New Zealand is that, compared that,
2: to Yeah. So in a nutshell, if we keep importing people the way that we do then our population doesn't peak mm. and it's all it's a complete migration story mm. you know cuz fertility rates and, and our natural um you know population increases is you know yeah falling cool but
0: we we fill those gaps with people from offshore yeah we we often look at it when we're talking about um uh, house prices and predicting them and where they're going to go and talking about them as an asset yeah. class our customers look at us and go there's no way that this house price can double And we're like, well, you just look at Sydney, you know, Um, it's the same thing, same, right. It's just a more mature market with higher, um, higher values. Yeah. 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 I I want to
1: get completely off topic for a second. Here we go. I want to talk about like, so obviously we're in the Instagram era, the TikTok era, all that kind of stuff. And from time to time, I hear somebody talk to me about like, I can buy a mansion in Texas for half a million dollars on a quarter section and it's beautiful and I've got a thousand bedrooms and in Auckland, I get a one bedroom apartment for pretty much the, the, the same, same price. Why, why is New Zealand property so expensive?
2: Uh, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think the worst of it is the, is the lack of infrastructure and, and supply, um, you know, relative to demand uh, has been our biggest problem. It shouldn't be this expensive. There are some geographical things around. You know, we've got you know such a large super city, and we we put you know a lot of people in a a very you know small area. Um, But basically,
1: I I think it's just the fact that we haven't kept up um, with our population. Yeah, and if somehow some super smart person comes along, and all the reasons we talk about, like why the property, why we're not building enough houses and why we're not dealing with all these things. if they were you know solved with a magic wand or somebody fixed them over a period of time yeah. you bought that investment property, surely that would have a negative impact on the price of that investment property. Do yeah. you think that's I mean, a super smart person coming along probably isn't too big of a risk. Do you, do you think it's a risk at all for people who invest in property? That I hope it's if a these risk. if these yeah. problems get solved, yeah. All those Kiwis with investment properties are probably going to be, like, oh, I don't know if this is a good thing or not. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I hope it happens. Um, and I saw it in Australia. So um, I am the best at picking the top yeah. in the housing markets because when I buy, for some reason, that's the top in a housing market. Yeah. So I bought my first house in Australia in 2007. The world imploded. I bought an investment property in Australia in 2016. And this is the best example I can give you because they then the mining boom finished. Yeah. They took those people and put them into residential, and they built, you know, thousands and thousands of apartments. Actually, oversupplied the market, mm-hmm. so house prices—sorry, apartment prices—which is what I bought—fell uh, in 2018, 19, and they haven't really. Recovered, So, um, yeah, I'm very good at picking the top. But that example is what I would love to see yeah. happen in New Zealand because what they did was actually significantly increase the supply of, of apartments mm. and apartment prices fell yeah. on the back of supply and demand, not interest rates, not other bits and pieces, but actually catching up and going almost you know a little bit too far on the supply side and we desperately need that here. Yeah, and
0: if, I mean I guess you imagine as well as if that problem is fixed and New Zealanders don't see property as their primary investment and the capital shifts to more productive asset classes that is a good thing for the total economy. And property itself is not a really productive asset class to invest capital into. No. No, no completely agree. Mm. With it. And it's
2: not not an even playing field yeah. from a tax perspective. You know everything you're you're mm. touching on is true and, and should be fixed. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? That it's if the system gets fixed, all the people who invest in property are impacted. But it's the
0: problem you, that's the problem no one wants to fix. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's
1: and yeah. you know, w- you know, if you're thinking about the political piece as well, mm. when do f- people feel best? It's when the value of the house goes up, right? They borrow more, yeah. more money, and go and do things. Uh, you haven't mentioned, you've spoken about property, spoken, spoken about paying down debt, you haven't spoken about shares at all, our um, index funds, account. all <laughs> our index fund lovers out there will be crushed. Why <laughs> Why not invest in shares? Uh, for me,
2: right here, right now, it's a bit of an awkward situation. It has been for the last couple of years where interest rates have gone from super stimulatory levels where, where equities went nuts. Mm. You, you put interest rates close enough to zero and you watch other asset markets go for it and equities mm. went for it, right? Yeah. Now we've seen interest rates ramp up and equities have kind of yeah. done this over the last couple of years. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with a few, uh, you know, fund managers here and in, in, in New Zealand and very clever people, cautious. Mm. Sitting yeah. on a bit of cash right mm. now, they know that things are still, you know, mixed at best, yep. when they see rates, interest rates being cut, you watch them mm. pile in. But between now and then, is that three months, six months or a year? Mm. I don't know. But in that time, these these guys and girls are gonna get off their hands, yep. get the cash out, and I, I can see them coming in. Yeah. Um,
1: well, let's so, talk about that though, Jared. Yeah. So let's get you off the fence and get you yeah. making a call. Before we move on, we talk all the time about planning and growing our wealth but protecting that wealth is just as important. That's why having the right insurance in place can help when life goes unexpectedly.
0: And that's why this episode is brought to you by Partners Life, a New Zealand-operated, award-winning insurance provider with over 300,000 Kiwis insured and 89% of claims
1: paid. Partners Life understand that having some insurance is better than having no insurance. They have flexible and personalized solutions for any budget or situation.
0: Check out their website in our show notes
1: below. The OCR, when... You know, imagine you're making the decisions. When are you starting to cut the OCR?
2: By November. You know, and, and that's me being cautious. I potentially you know, could go earlier than that. But let's say I want I really want to confirm inflation first. Yeah. And then November I'm cutting and I'm not mucking around either. I'm not doing twenty five and then sitting for a couple of months. I'm doing twenty five every meeting yep. until I get the cash rate back down to three. Yeah. Yeah. not mucking about yeah. there's yeah. no point mucking about when you've decided to cut When you've beaten inflation mm. off you go yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not priced into the market there is a lot of cuts priced in but not that terminal rate yeah. of three Yeah, uh, that to me will then fuel the, yeah. uh, the confidence, businesses all that good stuff but equity markets as well
1: immediately puts a smile on my face when you say start cutting every meeting and Mike if we're talking about the ocr you know cutting and getting to three three percent for those that don't know what does that mean for their like home loan rate
0: yeah well i mean it's basically where the reserve banks indicating um banks to price their uh, residential rates so you, it won't be three percent if the OCR is three there's going to be a bit of margin in there and a bit more but that's probably more around a, a long-term good interest rate mm. uh, as opposed to a long-term average interest rate I think yeah um, but that that you know that would be phenomenal for uh, everyone who's rolling off those sixes and sevens yeah it's a huge confidence boost for them yeah, yeah yeah okay
1: and and so where do you see you know not the OCR but interest rates sitting because I there is like the whole question around you know seven percent is actually not that high historically, c- when when you consider historical, yeah. but then obviously the debt, debt levels, and mm-hmm. you go, Well, what is the what is like normal now? What's like yeah. a if two percent's way too low, seven percent's way too high, what are we sitting like four or five long term?
2: Yeah, so we we talk about the neutral cash rate, which is going to bore everyone <laughs> that's listening. Not right me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll turn the cameras off yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> leave the <two> us. <laughs> <tour>. <laughs> But basically, the neutral rate is a, is an interest rate that's not hurting you, and it's not s- stimulating or exciting you either. It's yeah. just a boring rate that doesn't do anything, mm. right? So we originally thought it was two. Now we think it's closer to three for a variety of reasons. Mm. It doesn't matter. So if that's where the cash rate will go to be neutral, well, we're at five and a half. Mm. So there's a big... Big drop down. And just
1: imagine more mortgage, mortgage rates fall by the same amount. Yeah. And and there you are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if you, you know, put that into somebody with a million dollar mortgage and they're paying seventy thousand in interest and that drops to, you know, fifty thousand or forty-five thousand yeah. an extra twenty, twenty-five grand of after tax income is mm, yes. incredibly material. I can imagine next year my a lot of the conversations we're gonna be having on the podcast is as people roll off their mortgage rates is going to keep your mortgage repayments the same you're not used to that'll yeah. be the that'll we, be the battle at 2025
0: yeah and yeah. it's interesting and that's for good us. advice yeah know, it's proper yeah and it's been interesting for us trying to give advice on what people should do with rates because those short term rates at the moment are so much higher and I'm saying like yep if you can bite the bullet and you know just take the pain for a little bit longer you'll you'll be rolling off eventually but you know you really put yourself out there with your prediction because if i'm wrong and let's say the ANZ Person is right, and she, you know, she's got it right, and it all goes up. I'm owing a lot of people a lot of bottles of wine. Like mm. it's, you know, you, you've, you've yeah. really stuffed it. Yeah,
2: yeah. But even the ANZ view is interesting, right? It's, it's like we go harder, but then we're still cutting. Yeah, and yeah. Not, not not that long. So yeah. you know, if you're fixing for six months now, well, you will actually miss mm. the rate hikes that ANZ are talking about. Yeah, and then even if they do hike, you know, ANZ and others are all calling for rate cuts. Pretty soon, anyway. Yeah. So, you know, thinking short term, like you're like you were saying, fixing for six, 12 months, eighteen months, or whatever around there. Yeah. You know, we're all on the same page and saying that rates will be being mm. cut yeah. by that point. Okay. Yeah. And
1: then if you look at, let's say, like twenty twenty five, and um, interest rates are starting to come down, you're talking about like a cut um, every meeting, or you know, however long that takes. Just imagining the impact to business confidence and then you know the impact to to gdp and i recall a few years ago you know new zealand being like the rock star rock star economy at points under under john key do you think there's there's because there's that thing you know you look at the s&p 500 versus the nzx50 performance where nzx50 yeah. went nowhere sp500 did like 26 yeah. percent. is do you feel like that really big year for New Zealand? They're might rock, be rock star. That's great PR from John yeah. Key's team, I yeah. tell you what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They got yeah. some good people working yeah. for them. Uh, they're just not um copywriting their songs properly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, do you see like that that really stellar year for New Zealand? You know, maybe twenty five, twenty six, twenty-seven? Is that too hard to say? No, well that's kind of what we
2: we've we've got to put our heads around, right? Because that's that's exactly the sort of time frame we're forecasting and it's all important for the bank to, you know, what is the economy going to look like this time next year? Mm. Well, actually we think it's better. Uh, we think the economy's better balanced, right? The labor market's better balanced with the supply and demand of workers. The housing market's better balanced um given the given the what it's been through and hopefully we're seeing supply picking up. Uh confidence is improving amongst you know most businesses. Uh, particularly Agri, I think, will start picking yeah. up again next year. All that stuff points to a, a far better performance mm. next year than what we had last year. Yeah.
1: The other interesting thing is um, I noticed and hearing a little bit about like a delay from boomers around looking to exit and sell their businesses and going, um, you know, COVID came and we're just going to hold tight for a period of time to get the valuation. Mm. There yeah. must like the the – You know, the switch of debt for younger generations taking on new businesses, um, those going into retirement having cash and deciding what to do. There'll be some quite big switches, I'm guessing, in terms of the economy in that way as well. Yeah,
2: so our demographics is massive. Um, You know, the demographic forces at play um, have driven most things since the 80s. Whether we admit it or not, it's true. Mm. The fact that we've got an ageing demographic has driven a lot of what we've seen over the last 40 years, including inflation, right? So there's going to be an unwind of that, right, as the as the boomers retire and sell their assets uh, down. Mm. Um, we've seen quite a delay in boomers. So 2008, they might have wanted to, uh, you know, retire then. I they bet. didn't. They had to push... <laughs> had to push over and now you're saying the same thing's happening Mm. again people are working longer um so yeah that that is continuing to drip drip feed through and it's it's going to be an interesting dynamic as you know that the assets
0: are are sort of passed down yeah in one generation to another cool and so let's jump on to our next question so if you were to use three metrics uh to predict the economic cycles going forward uh what would they be well first I have to give a plug to
2: our own data yeah you know like as a as a bank anyone who's worked in a bank will tell you that we have the coolest data set you'll ever see in your life so we've got serious serious data and we, mm. we love looking at it uh, it's high frequency get it by the day yeah um, we, we see you know spending on our credit cards debit cards uh, and it gives us a really good insight as to what's happening I think Kiwi Bank's got like a million credit cards out there. So yeah. you know, it's not a small number. Um,
1: and we get a really good handle on spending patterns mm-hmm. and it's faster than most data points. Yeah. Most data. How get. I'm just thinking about like so like inflation is a, a lag indicator, right? While you're getting live data. Yeah. how, how I don't want to say easy because I'm sure it's very, very complicated, but surely that data is very helpful to work to work out where inflation is heading.
2: It it is. Yeah, it is. Um, some of the things that make it a bit complicated is that we're a small bank who's expanding, mm. so we don't know how much of our numbers are just the fact that we're taking mm. on more market share, which yep. is fine. Mm. Um, but but as you say, you know we've just put out our spending tracker now, and nominal values pretty much unchanged on last year. Yeah. So we've spent the same amount as we did last Christmas. Wait a minute, inflation rose five. Mm. 6% over that year. So, therefore, your volumes are down. Are down. Mm. Uh, so, that gives us some really good insight. We saw our credit card data turning at, at the end of 2022, which is when we put our hand up and said, okay, they've done enough hikes. Yep. Yeah. We, we were really early. Mm. But it was like we've we've seen it on our data already yep. and it's just got worse over the year. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at our, our credit card data going, you know, a lot of people are hurting. Mm. They're having to spend more money on petrol, so they're cutting spending on household furnishings. Yeah, for example, they're cutting spending on you know all the other stuff which is non-essential because their essential spending has gone up so much. Yeah, yeah.
0: the bank, the bank, the the data that banks have uh, and the stuff you can do with it is absolutely incredible. Uh, on a really really micro level, um, when I was working in the UK, we had uh, I think it was like three quarters of all bank transactions coming through our um, our data centers, and right. we could pick the one person who spent the most on McDonald's in the whole of the UK <laughs> and single this person out. And I was like, man, I lied. That is a lot. It was the trip frequency and the average spend was through the roof. I was like, Did this a big
1: Mac as so a thank you.
0: Oh, I, we we were just sitting there, we were gobsmacked. <laughs> and like these are retail customers. I was like,
1: yeah. 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 Okay. So we, we don't have that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Just we, to be we, clear, yeah. we, we aggregate our data and we certainly don't have people's names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just just to be I added uh, them on as, as <laughs> a little
1: bit of context, Jared. Uh, Mike has uh, sinned in the UK, <laughs> you know, exploiting all that data. He is now a mortgage much, broker yeah, trying yeah. to help people into their homes <laughs> yeah, and yeah, achieve yeah. their goals. Okay, so that's one metric you would use, the the spending on credit cards think, and debit cards. I think it's just because it's
2: so timely. Yeah. yeah. Like we get it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, the other, being a small open economy, the first thing you do is actually look overseas, mm-hmm. right, and getting a handle on what's happening globally. I'd be looking at the the manufacturing data right whether it's the surveys or hard data getting a handle on what's happening uh you know global economic activity you know breaking it down across our trading partners what's happening in china oh not good what's happening in india fantastic source of yeah. source of growth for the next 50 years what's happening around the world gives you such a a, a backdrop for how we're likely to perform yeah um so yeah i'd start internationally and what at. about
1: the quality of that data? Like I know, say, for China in particular, yeah. there's yeah. a bit of a, you know, sometimes it might look a little bit better than it is in reality. How yeah. reliable is that data?
2: Well, to put it bluntly, um, some of the data is quite questionable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this, the, the, those who have been around a while might look at other things like electricity usage mm. in China. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That gives us a pretty good read. Um, or there's there's other data that you can you can look at for places like China. As yeah. a proxy to try and yeah. get a finger on what's happening. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 And China's obviously gone through a very rough, rough patch right now. And the growth that we saw out of China over the nineties and into the two thousands, we're not gonna see it. Mm. Their population's peaked. Mm. Okay. Where's the growth that we're gonna get? India. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, the, the government's right in that and that they need to pursue Free trade agreement with India. My understanding is it's getting them up to our level yeah. of a free trade agreement. Mm. Yeah, there's no such thing as a free trade agreement. It's just just who's doing what. Yeah, yeah. but we need to get them up yeah. to, to our level. I think we could possibly drop down a bit. We need to get something done because yeah. you know if the Australians can do it, for God's sake, yeah, surely <laughs> <maybe laughs> we can do it. And, and they're they're on,
0: I mean, I guess the the slowdown in the um, the Chinese economy has huge implications for the Australian economy as well given well, the amount does. of raw materials yeah. they buy.
2: So mm. we we almost get hit twice mm. by trying to slow down because our largest trading partner, China, that hurts us directly. Second largest trading partner, Australia, yeah. oh, their largest trading <laughs> yeah. partner is China. So yeah. you yeah. kind of
1: get this. How much yeah. of a risk, I mean, so we th- we've talked about how, you know, the future's, you know, looking relatively bright and there's the risk of, um you know, just our size and China, you know, sneezing and us catching a cold. Yeah. How much risk is there in terms of our, you know, what the future looks like over the next couple of years, say China's growth numbers, maybe India, we don't get enough from India that we need to replace China? What's the risk look like? Oh, I mean, I,
2: I think it's a big risk. Yeah. And you haven't mentioned geopolitical risk yeah. yet, yeah. which is probably not the one thing it. we, we, we worry about the most. Yeah. Um, so China is a very good trading partner of ours. Yeah. But in bad times, I could imagine them
1: being a very bad trading mm. partner as well. Yeah. And it's not like we have, have a lot months. of lean over them. Yeah. There's <laughs> not much purchase there. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the discussion coming out of Europe at the moment, you know, investing in, I guess, making sure they can stand stand alone from a military perspective. It yeah. just uh feels a little bit like at the moment, doesn't it? It's like you can't
2: get away mm. from yeah. it, right? Um you've had this big shift uh started a while back. Uh well pretty much after 08 you had this shift of of voters more and more towards populist mm. um, politicians. Trump, mm. Trump was a classic example of, mm. a, of a populist politician that, you know,
0: got got enough, um, and it does worry me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, any other sort of key metrics you'd look for outside of those? Uh, the the um, spend data and the um, global manufacturing data. Yes, it would be, uh, locally, it would be anything on the labour market. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Most things, you mentioned it before, most things play out mm. in the labour market, right? So the number one thing that we try and forecast is the unemployment rate. Yeah. You know, and if, if we're right and the unemployment rate goes from three point something to five point something, that's great. That's a soft landing. Mm. Yeah. Um, any high frequency data on, on you know, job ads or, or you know, anything around the labour market's key. Mm we're looking for signs that we might be wrong and we're up at seven or eight which has real real
1: impacts yeah 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 Yeah. i gotta say i'm feeling a bit better about the world after talking (laughs) to you today, Jared. especially the main thing was me thinking like cut after cut meeting after meeting i know it'll take a bit of time (laughs) there's something to look forward to right just around christmas yeah it should be nice um well jared thank you very much for joining us we know you're a busy man so we really appreciate um you coming along and sharing your opinions Uh, And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Please make sure to give us some feedback on this episode. We're going to hunt Jared down. I found he doesn't live that far away from me, so it's very easy (laughs) for me to track him down outside his front door. Uh, Please make sure to uh, give us a, a subscribe, a review, and a like. Big thank you to Partners Life, and we'll see you next time.
0: Cheers.